artists are by definition probably dreamers at heart. We like to think of amazing things, imagine big goals, big aspirations. And when it's the time of year to set new resolutions, to set big goals, to think about where we're going, often the problem artists have is the planning side of that. How do you actually make any of that stuff happen? It's easy to have a lot of that energy, inspiration, enthusiasm, motivation in the beginning when it comes to setting out on a journey of progressing, of achieving something. But you do need to have some structure behind that to really figure out whether or not you're going in the right direction. Artists can run into a lot of artistic block and creative block and feelings of malaise and anxiety when it comes to progressing with our art. Are we doing the right things? And is this actually gonna go anywhere? It can seem for some that the idea of planning is antithetical to being an artist, that there's too much structure there. But I really believe that figuring out how to plan well in an artistic way, in a visual way, is one of the best things you can do for your artistic progress. And in this episode, what I want to do is unpack some simple strategies for doing just that. I use a very simple three-step framework for this where we define visually what our goals are, we look at where we are in relation to that, and just figure out whether we're going in the right direction. And third, we look at the speed. How's that productivity? How fast are we actually headed towards this goal? Can we go faster? Can we go slower? Are we on a good pace? How is this all working? How are we heading towards our artistic aspirations? to the Visual Scholar Podcast. My name is Tim McBurney. I have been a professional working artist for over 20 years. And on this show, we're all about demystifying the worlds of art, creativity, and productivity so that you can get better, faster, and enjoy your artistic journey. So before we really get started with this episode, there's a couple of, I think, important things to kind of frame what I'm talking about here. Firstly, this is building upon one of the earlier episodes that I did where I really talked about doing an artistic review. And I think if you haven't listened to that one, that's worth listening to. But most of what we're talking about there is something, again, you can just do as part of this process. This is the second part of really figuring out where you want to go. The first step is to figure out where you've been. How has your progress been previously? What are some challenges and things that you can really use to shape and define your goals going forward. I think if you build a good foundation for how things have been going, notice what went well, what went wrong, that'll really help you doing this, which is, you know, trying to define and shape some of the goals that you might have and aspirations and plans you might have for the coming year. Secondly, look, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of a New Year's resolution. I think it's kind of silly. Most of the time, it's almost to the point where it's a joke. Most people have these things and then they never do them. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's all just hot air. It's all just nonsense. It's like rah, rah, rah. Nothing happens. And I really believe in the idea of using the, the, the simple tools and techniques that people have developed for basic productivity and thinking about how you can plan goals effectively, how you can execute them effectively. This has helped me a lot to understand this as an artist and, and really balancing this idea of being an artist and being creative and thinking visually and kind of being a little bit all over the place and trying to harness that ourselves. And, and again, not necessarily 
letting challenges or structures or what other people are doing influence that. De- developing the ability to do it ourselves so that at any point you can really say, hey, I'm not happy with how things are going. Let's push reset. Let's kind of figure out what I've been doing and you know, maybe I can make some changes. I think doing this regularly is useful. So that's important to state. I think it's good, you know, I'm recording this in, um, you know, just at sort of the turn of 2023 to 2024. Um, so it's it's New Year's resolution time. And that's kind of why I think it's, it's fun to kind of think about this. But you can do this at any point, right? And this is exactly what I do at any point. But what I do notice is, as I said, there's a lot of that energy going around. A lot of other people are talking about these things, you know, you hang around, um, you know, having New Year's Eve drinks and People often talk about these things. So it's a fun thing to contemplate. And I think when everything slows down around that sort of Western holiday season, um, you know, it's a good time to contemplate, right? It's a good time to look back. So there is something there, right? There's a little kernel of an idea that, that I think is worth pursuing. We can kind of piggyback on that, gain some energy from that. Look, there's no better time really to do it than the present when you're facing challenges or, you know, in the new year. But you can use this framework any time you want. The last thing I just mentioned here before we get started is that my focus here is on using very simple productivity and um, planning techniques that you might find in, in normal productivity literature, but doing it from the artist's point of view and really thinking about the special things that are specific to our experience. The primary thing here is that we need to often think visually. We need to set goals visually. We can't necessarily write a whole bunch of things down. And I mentioned this in the previous episode talking about where we do an artistic review. It's the same thing here. When we're setting goals, you need to set them visually and you need to think visually. Because one of the biggest challenges that we have as artists is, you know, someone who's not an artist will ask you, hey, what are you going to do? And you kind of try and tell them. But if it's another artist, you can kind of say, well, I'm kind of trying to make my work more like this and just show them a collection of images. And I think then the artist will understand, like, oh, I get exactly what you're doing. That's interesting. Have you thought about this? But without that kind of visual reference, it's very hard to really know where you want to go or what you're doing. So it's important to understand that as artists, we need to lean into the visual nature of what we're doing. We need to appreciate that visual sort of exploration is work. You know, us looking at books and images is, you know, the same as people reading books. We're thinking visually, we're mapping things visually, we're appreciating the differences, the subtle minutia between different art styles, different feelings, different design aesthetics, visual languages. We're aiming to be visually literate and we need to think visually in order to set effective goals because often you're heading towards something that's vague and you don't really know what it even is. That's part of the mystery of being an artist. You have a feeling that you want to achieve something. You don't really know what it is, right? And it's not because we're being flaky or we can't define it. It's because it's a visual idea. You can't write it down. And until you actually do it, you don't know what it is because that's the nature of being original, of being an artist is you're trying to create something that is just kind of like a feeling and a vague thing in your head. Anyway, I digress, but I think it is important to appreciate that a lot of what we'll be doing is just very basic productivity stuff, but we need to view it from the artist's point of view and appreciate also that, again, we like to fluctuate a bit. We like to, you know, indulge in artistic dalliances, right? We need to, we, we sometimes like to try new things, experiment, and that has to be taken into consideration in the way that we plan. But uh, yeah, anyway, 
let's jump in and look at the first thing we need to do, which is really define those primary artistic goals and, and, and look at what type of artistic goals you, you could set, right? What are the options out there and how do we define what these things are? Because the different types of artistic goals you set are really going to define how you frame what success or failure might be with those particular goals. All right, so let's look at this thing. How do we actually define what goals we're going after, what artistic aspirations we have, like where are we actually headed? In order to figure out how to get there, do any of the work, you need to actually know where you're going. When I was talking about the review, I mentioned a lot of figuring out what your master influence map is, what the primary core of your artistic being is and trying to record that visually, collecting images. I often refer, refer to this as your influence map. And then also thinking about, well, frequently you also have other little aspirations like wanting to get better at color or anatomy or something. And then it's good to have a secondary influence map, a Pinterest board of like really good art that is going to inspire you and, and guide you towards what you mean when it comes to improving your anatomy or your color sense or whatever it is. It's so important to be specific and to be artistically specific, create a series of images that represent that. This is really what we're going to look at when it comes to goals visually. And we're going to sort of have this as a, as a, as a backbone of how we would define and track progress. But there's also obviously different ways that we think about what we're doing because we're often heading towards these bigger visual things where we want our art to look a particular way, we want to get particular feelings out of it, we want to do particular things with it, we want to get to you know be as good as other particular artists or whatever it may be. But then there are the methods that we get there. So there's a number of different ways you can define what you're actually going to do, or what you're going to work on. And, and this is really what I mean when it comes to sort of goals, when we're looking at designing a system or a plan. So there's a number of different ways that you could sort of look at this, right? So you could look at a type of goal where you're creating or working towards a product. So this could be where you're going to print your sketchbook, make a little sketchbook. You can take it to conventions. You can give it to friends. You can just have it as a printed thing. You might be working on a game, a comic book. You could be creating your own story, your own world building tome, whatever it is, your own sort of picture book. And, um, you know, this is just where you're kind of saying, this is just for you. It's not a commercial thing. You're just working towards a product. And I guess your goal is to like do that thing, right? I need to finish that thing this year. That That's a good example of a, a like a measurable goal where you could say, well, did you do it or did you not do it? And we're still going to have our influence map and our collection of images to really sort of track our progress towards that. Um, Cause I think that's sort of important. And the idea is that we would create some other influence maps or little collections of images that really represent where we want to go with that particular endeavor. But those are some, you know, product-based goals, some other things that you might be looking at could be, development goals. And this is where you say, you know what? I'm not happy with how things are going. I'm going to work on my anatomy. I'm going to improve my anatomy. I'm going to improve my composition. I'm going to improve my lighting. I'm going to improve my rendering. I'm going to improve my dynamic posing, my storytelling, my line work, process, speed, um, secondary form, tertiary form. What else could you do? You could look at your texture, 
the sort of, you know, cleanliness of your art, trying to make it all sort of clean and perfect. Maybe it's a little bit sort of sketchy. You could work on just making your art bolder, right? Sort of stronger, um, like sort of having more strength to your work in, in some way, right? These are often sort of things that we talk about. You could also say, you know, I want it to be softer. I want to work on losing edges. You could be thinking about, look, I just need to refine my ability to implement the hierarchy of detail. Make sure that, you know, some things are soft, some things are hard, wh whatever it is, right? This could be like a development goal. There's, there's, it's not necessarily you're trying to do anything that's specific. You're just trying to improve a very specific part of your craft or your, artist, or your artistic um, expression, let's say. And um, I think this is also like a really, it's more of a vague goal. And I think in, in that instance, it's more, really important to add maybe more structure to how we're actually going to do that, for instance. Other types of goals you could have is a career-related goal. And this could be even if you don't have a career in art yet, um, just, you know, the fact that you're working towards it. So you could be building a folio or creating uh, more sort of, uh, you know, the, the other thing is that you could be creating a folio, you could be creating a website, or if you already have a job, often what people are wanting to do is create more personal work because, you know, that's something that is very much related to their career because they're after creative expression and they've realized, hey, I've got this career, I've got this job happening, but I'm not able to create the work that I want. So I'm just going to create more personal work. I just need to do that this year to feel like I'm letting off my own creative steam. Because often our major artistic goals, a lot of the styles that we want to work in, maybe, you know, often with the first few jobs you get, especially, but even if you find like a really good job, you like the people you work with, you like the environment, the pay's good you know, good benefits, everything's kind of working. It's just not exactly the type of art you want to do, but you're still doing art. You're still learning. It's still enjoyable. You're still working in whatever industry you want. A lot of people just stay there and then they just really get really good at doing their personal work on the side. And that means everything's kind of working. So again, it may not specifically be your personal work, um, sorry, your sort of, you know, career stuff, but it may be very much related to the fact that you have a job and you're trying to sort of relate yourself to that. Um, other career-related goals could be developing specific skills that are related to your career advancement, learning a different program that would allow you to do some other work in your production chain. It could even be like, um, you know, you're going to take a course on how to get better at dealing with people, right? So you can improve your ability to work within that production chain, be nicer to people, work with people, um, you know, write better emails, whatever it is. This is not necessarily an art goal, but it might be something that really directly relates to the work that you're doing. And these are the things that would progress your career in some way, shape or form. So, you know, that might be something you're, you're thinking of. And, and I've included a couple there that are not artistic based because often, you know, if you improve those other elements of your career, then you're able to do better art anyway, right? It is actually a thing that's holding you back. So we could also have, you know, other things that are linked to that, like that are more linked to personal development, learning a new software or new techniques. You could set yourself sort of some random challenges. Again, I, I always think it's better to set your own challenge versus letting, you know, following some other challenge, but that's just me creating a certain number of sketchbook pages or sketches per day or per week, learning new techniques. Um, you know, you might want to learn how to sketch on the go more. So you've got an iPad, you're trying to use Procreate or whatever sort of sketching software you want. You could be trying to do some animation, again, just for fun because you want to, or maybe because you think it might help your career down the road. You might be doing 3D modeling 
you might be doing sculpture, watercolor, oil paints, whatever it is. We're learning a technique or some kind of methodology, some sort of technical ability for us to express ourselves. It's not necessarily getting better at anatomy. It's getting better at the tools and the techniques, the mediums. Um, so I think, again, there's lots of different ways we could think about what we're actually doing, right? Are we working on a project that's going to you know, help us get better? Are we working on anatomy or color theory? Are we working on career development? Are we trying to you know, improve the skills and the techniques that we've got um, that are more specific to the mediums? Uh, a lot of these things change how you're actually going to set the sort of end point for what success means. So there's these goals, right? These things where often we have it rattling around in our head. We're wanting to get better at insert this thing here. Software program, skill, um, visual library, rendering, color theory, whatever, an element of art or, you know, again, we may be trying to set ourselves a challenge. Whatever it may be, we have this thing that is often rattling around in our head. Now, I think it's important to kind of separate this, which is this creative burst of energy or this little desire that we have that is based on a huge variety of things. But if you don't really put them all on the same page and think about which one's important, they often all seem urgent and important because we have that same desire. And it could just be that you saw something in a book and you're like, oh man, I need to do that. That seems really exciting. But Maybe it's not actually going to help your career that much and maybe you really need to push your career or maybe it's not going to help you get a folio together this year, but it seems really important, like you want to do it all the time. So I think it's important to have your major goal of like, what are you actually trying to do with your art right now? If you haven't, if you're trying to get that career, you're trying to get your first job, that's really what needs to be the number one thing. So we have that as like, this is the number one thing that I'm trying to do. For me, the number one thing I'm, I guess I'm always trying to do is artistically get better at creating graphic novels, right? Creating my own stories, my own worlds, my own little thing. That's kind of what I ultimately want to do. I'm always kind of trying to move towards that. And that's kind of how I frame all of these choices that I make, for instance. But earlier on, it was get a job or get published or one of these things. I was pursuing a very specific goal. Now, that's very different to your primary artistic goals or my influence map. They really have nothing to do with each other. And often what would happen is my desire to earn money and get a job would mean I would be taking on a lot of jobs that had nothing to do with the main influence map that I was interested in. So they're separate, right? And it's important to balance what you're doing and be realistic here. But we always have underneath that, right? Underneath that actual goal, I'm trying to get a job. I'm trying to do this. People often have these little impulses, as I was saying, I need to do this. For me, it's always, it's interesting. I've got a sort of a list here of things that I, I always rattling around in my head. So one of them is like, I really want to learn how to use Procreate a lot better because it seems like everyone is into iPads these days. And, um, you know, I'm always sort of more into desktops, but I would really like to incorporate um, this type of sketching, do a bit more color sketching on the go. I mean, that does seem like a good thing. And I'd like to learn how to use it so I can incorporate it into the Line and Color Academy course that I have, because I think that would sort of fit really well. Um, and I'd like to do the same with uh, sort of Clip Studio and really sort of build those in. So part of me is always like, I need to learn those things, right? That's actually going to be a, a really sort of important skill for me to build next. Um, other things that I'm always sort of interested in, and this is where I'm sort of trying to give these examples to give an example of how things don't always mix. But I'm always looking at uh, the Hayao Miyazaki sketches 
where he's doing the development for all of the, the Ghibli animations and he has these little kind of watercolor color sketches and they always look so good. And I always just want to do that. It's, it's inexplicable, but I'm always just, I need to get back into watercolor. I need to do that. There's no real reason for it. The other thing is, um, you know, I've had a couple of different people send me art supplies and materials for the YouTube channel that I have. And I think some people sent me a whole bunch of color markers, right? And I used markers a long time ago, very, very early on. Um, but I haven't really used them for ages. I don't really know how it works. And I'd like to learn how to use markers. And I was thinking maybe it would be a good thing to do that. And I could put that on the YouTube channel and I could use that as a good way to kind of make some cool videos and show my how I actually learned something. And it would be a good way to sort of combine all this stuff. So part of me is like, I've got to learn to use markers. I can make a video out of that. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess that the, the real question here is like, how does that stuff actually change my life, right? Like which of those things is actually sort of important? Um, so another goal that I've kind of had or, or like an idea, I have so many unfinished projects. I have so many stories or worlds that I was building that I kind of abandoned, you know, that some of them are like 20, 25 years old where I was working on this thing and I got really excited about it and then I kind of left it. I did something else and something else came along that was more important. And look, it's really not that important to me. I could just forget about it. But part of me is like, I should really put like a bookend on that particular project. I should maybe try and rework it. And I had this kind of aspirational idea where I thought what would be cool is if I took every single project that I've ever kind of worked on and abandoned and really tried to then codify it or build it into a thing. And, so, and I thought it would be good to create like a little world building term for that thing and, and just sort of see what's there because that might be a good creative avenue. Again, often what I find with these looking back at the past work we've done is that there's little gems there. There's often little designs that I've done so long ago and I'm like, that's actually a cool design. I wonder whether I redrew that and built out that whole world around it, that there would be something interesting there. And, you know, that might be a cool little project. And I thought what I could do is create a set of deliverables for that, like a certain number of pages of sketches. Maybe I could make it, think of it as a graphic novel project, maybe make one test page or three test pages for it and create a cover for it. And then I could actually print it using print on demand or something like that, just for me, just to be like, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to do a certain number of stuff, print it, call it done. And then either that thing would maybe go somewhere, or it would just be a way for me to say, I can forget about that thing forever. Um, it's no longer going to be that nagging thing in the back of my head where I'm like, I wonder whether that was a good idea. I will know whether or not it's a good idea. So anyway, and I could go on, right? There's a whole pile of these little ideas that I have about what I'm going to do with my art, what would be a cool idea. And, and I think a lot of it is just assessing how are these things actually going to affect my life? Like which of those things that I'm really excited about that at any point I could be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. How can I incorporate that into stuff that's going to matter, that's actually going to move my career forward or get me closer to my overall artistic goals or my overall career goal, which is to get better at making graphic novels and these big stories. So again, just sharing my experience. So hopefully it kind of can help you think through this yourselves. So again, let me know whether this helps or not in the comments down below or send me an email, tim at the drawingcodex.com. 
But these are the kind of things that are rattling around in my head. And this is where I think we have a lot of energy to do these things. We have a lot of forward momentum, like, oh, I'm going to do this. Uh, at any point, I could kind of really get stuck into this. But like, if I think about the watercolor thing, there really is no logical reason why I should be doing watercolor. It, it doesn't it doesn't really fit anywhere to do these little sketches. Now, I think one of the other things that's another one of these little ideas that's rattling around in my head is I keep going to comic book conventions and I keep seeing that there is a market for original work where it's an actual physical work, an original work, pencil sketches, people buy pages, people buy art, people do commissions. I've never really done this at all, but part of me was like, it would be good to see whether I could create some kind of physical thing and I think watercolor would probably be the most, the medium that speaks to me the most because I've used it quite a bit before when I was younger. So part of me is like, well, if I learn watercolor, maybe I could kind of do that, right? Maybe that would be a good way for me to learn how to use it. I'd play around with doing some little development sketches. Maybe that could help me build graphic novel stuff. Maybe I could create original art and then maybe I could have some way of building a business or selling that to people. Maybe that would be interesting. I could hang it up on my own wall. I could give it to people. That might be better to get better at that than I could do other demos on the YouTube channel. You know, th these are the kind of things, right, that I guess we think about when it comes to like, what am I going to do? Like, uh, what, what, where's this energy going to go? Um, and I really think that what we have to be honest about is which one of these things makes sense. So, what we want to do to really think about our goals and like, okay, what, what, what are we actually going to do is to think about what are our overall artistic goals, your, your master influence map, like where you really want to go with your art. So you're hearing aspirations and ideas from someone who has, you know, been doing this for 20, 25 years. I'm obviously not sitting there saying, I just need to like learn to do anatomy better, although I probably do, right? Everyone can get better anatomy. But, you know, I'm thinking about different types of goals. You may be sitting there saying, I just want to learn anatomy better, right? I just want to get better at anatomy. And that's kind of your primary goal. Either way, I think what we need to do is really look at how that is going to affect your ability to do something, right? Maybe you want to get a job and someone has said, your anatomy is not good enough to get this job for whatever reason um, or whatever other, whatever other element of your work, right? It may be that look, your drawing's good, but you can't color it. Um, or maybe you can't do a little bit of 3D and we need you to do a bit of this. So you're kind of trying to fill out your skill set initially so that you can get a job. Um, I think that's often what happens with this. So whatever it is, there's often a reason and you really have to look at which one of these things that's rattling around in your head is actually going to be the thing that is going to give you the most benefit. Because honestly, and this is the key, is that if you don't get this right, it's easy for me as an example to just kind of say, hey, I need to study watercolor because I really want to. And then it'll become challenging. I'll get halfway through it. And if I kind of realize, look, this is not really going anywhere. Like this is not actually going to improve my life in some way. Why, why don't I just do it on the computer? I already know how to do that. Um, you know, that's when that doubt starts to set in. And if you don't have a really solid reason why, and it's really aligned with, you know, a lot of your primary goals, then yeah, you know, it's, it's tricky to, to figure it out. So, you know, using that example for me, I could easily say, I want to get better at my anatomy and, you know, I would get better at it, but you know, how much time should I spend? 
Is this actually going to make any difference? If we look at the idea of all those different goals that I listed, like um, learning Procreate, learning Clip Studio, learning watercolor, learning markers, developing my old ideas that are just rattling around there, like these silly old ideas, um, you know, like uh, learning learning watercolor, whatever it is. I mean, the thing that probably makes the most sense from an analytical point of view is to develop those old ideas because that's going to help me get better at developing my own ideas for my graphic novels and that sort of thing. So, you know, like that's probably the thing that makes the most sense, for instance. And I think it is important because, as I said, if we don't set that right, once you get a few months into these things, it's easy to give up, to say, eh, it's not really what I wanted to do or this is hard. Everything's hard. And you really do need that why. And you need to be able to reference back to that why. So that's a big part of what we're also going to look at in this episode is like how to sort of build those fundamental structures. But I think what you initially need to do, as I said, is look at your primary artistic goals, what you want your art to look and feel like. And this is a visual representation. And then you need to think about intellectually, what are you working on? Like, what is the most important thing for you? What's going to make your art the best? Is it to get a job, to get published? to build a folio, to get a better job, to get a different position within the same company or job? Is it to work on more personal work? Is it to, again, just learn more skills because you're bored, right? You've learned all the other techniques. It's time for watercolor. It's time for markers. This is just fun. It's just what you want to do. Everything else is working fine. Whatever it is, you're looking for that thing and then you're looking for the overlap right? Like, like what, where is the little interest, that spark of inspiration you've got, the, the list of things that you want to do, where do they overlap? So I'd write them all down and then simply rank the top three. So pick the top three things that you really want to work on, right? Career or, um, you know, personal development or whatever, and, and just kind of list them. So um, for me, again, I'm pretty clear that the thing that I really need to do is not to get different work. It's to figure out how to get better at building my own graphic novels and things like, you know, but if you're not quite sure of that, you know, think of the top three things that you could be doing and then rank them and, you know, just get closer to understanding what those are and then list all the silly ideas you have, right? Which again, um, you know, some of them are going to be really good and some of them maybe are going to be more flippant. Um, as I said, you know, me learning, uh, you know, to do sort of watercolor little sketches, right? It doesn't really fit anywhere. It's just something I've wanted to do. Um, and then there's a million of other of those things as well. So again, list all of those, rank those as well. Pick the top three that you think are really clear. So for me, it would be, again, learn watercolor, learn procreate, learn um, how to kind of take all my old ideas and kind of collate them into some sort of finished product. Those would be the top three for me. Um, but figure out what it is for you. Is it, as I said, learning better anatomy, learning color theory, learning all of these things. Like what do you actually want to do? And really try and think about it as a goal that is going to be in some way measurable. If you pick the right thing here, I think it makes everything else easy. All right. So second, what we can work on here is looking at the direction. How do we actually sort of plan and plot some direction? And this is where once you kind of have a good idea for what this will look like and what this is, create some additional maps for some influence maps or collections of images or folders that are full of images that you think really exemplify that thing. So move a little bit away from my 
um, examples here and look at just some very basic ideas like you want to get better at anatomy. I think this is often a really important thing. So maybe you've realized this is the year you need to get better at this fundamental artistic skill. You need to get better at your anatomy. So but we're going to figure out as we progress to look at how we actually measure success there. But when we look at directionality, what you need to really think about is how do we know when we would have succeeded at that? Because one of the real challenges that you find is as you start to learn something like anatomy, you realize that there's many different aspects to it. Do you want stylized anatomy? Do you want realistic anatomy? Do you want to push and add dynamism to the muscles to the point where you make the muscles not realistic? Because often, you know, in order to really push it, you kind of need to break the anatomy to a certain degree. There's a level where, you know, more energy and dynamism and sort of movement actually is, you know, not anatomically accurate potentially. So balancing this becomes challenging. What are your actual goals? And as you move towards a particular goal, what you'll find is sometimes you realize, oh, I picked a particular book or a particular system, like something's not working. You encounter friction, you encounter challenge as you, you know, move towards this thing. And what you really have to do at that point is have those north stars. You have to have this mountain that you're heading towards that is like, okay, I'm doing this because I want to, you know, become a comic book artist. And someone told me my anatomy was not good enough. Or I want to become a concept artist. And someone told me my anatomy was not good enough. Or insert reason here. I want to, you know, do this thing. My anatomy is not good enough to do this thing. I need to work on it. And that's the thing that's going to keep you going. Now, the second thing is to really have a visual representation of what that means for you. So it could be comic book style anatomy. What do you actually want to do? Do you want to do more stylized cartoony comic books where you're really just thinking about proportion, shape, or do you want to really push the shape and exaggeration? Do you want it to have that sort of Capcom dynamic exaggerated feel where you know all the muscles are huge and exaggerated? Do you want it to look like Western superheroes where it's kind of a little bit exaggerated, but not as exaggerated as, as it could be? Do you want to be able to push the anatomy into shapes, right? And really figure out how to simplify it, make it look a little bit more like an animated uh, character design for an animated show. There's a million ways where perfecting your knowledge of like anatomical level medical grade anatomy will help you to do all these things. But different approaches you take are going to help you more or less. A lot of people find that life drawing really helps them because it helps them to just draw in general and get the proportions right and learn about realistic anatomy. But, you know, personally, I haven't found that to be that useful doing what I do. And if you're just interested in cartoony stuff, you may find something else is more useful. If you need a lot of structure, then digging deep to understand structural anatomy might be more important. If you need to push it, you really need to focus on practicing the exaggerated anatomy. So having a visual representation of that, because often we're after quite subtle things or like we're kind of after a combination of things and maybe you can't even find the exact thing that you want. So build a visual representation of what that thing actually means. What does that and good anatomy mean to you? And that's all there is to it. There's no learning anatomy to be good at anatomy. I think there's always learning anatomy so that you can do something with it. And it's only when you do something with it that anyone cares. In a similar way, if I go back to thinking about watercolor, 
The question is, what do I want it to look like? Again, watercolor can look like anything. And if I just take a general watercolor course, it's probably not going to teach me how to do the things that I want to do. Um, if you look at how someone like, you know, Hayao Miyazaki uses watercolor, it's not in any sort of really fancy way. He's often just sort of slopping it on there and it, look, it's very, very good, but you know, a lot of the techniques and things that people use in terms of wet on wet watercolor and all these kind of things that people do, I don't necessarily think that's what's going to help, um, you know, things look like his little sketches. Um, uh, again, you know, it's a matter of thinking about what you're actually trying to achieve and, and what's going to make a difference in that instance. So find a visual representation of that and make sure that you basically build this direction. You know what you're going to work on. I'm going to work on my anatomy. I want it to look like this. I'm doing this because of this reason. Again, career advancement. I want to be able to draw better. I want to be able to create more realistic people whatever it is, have a real solid reason for that that you can go back to and understand that within all of that, you are heading towards a generalized master artistic influence map. And just to keep that in mind, because it's easy when you go study anatomy at an anatomy course, you're going to get sucked into like, oh, this is how they're doing it. And you start practicing it this way. And then you kind of realize like, actually, you know, I'm getting better at anatomy, but it's not really helping me go in the direction I want. And this is where you need to keep your goals, you need to keep your primary motivations, the, the, the things that you're heading towards in, in sight. And you might even want to keep the practice that we're going to talk about next when it comes to speed, the things you actually do, the habits, the rituals you build to actually make this happen. But you may need to change something, like what direction you're actually going, how you actually go about doing this, whether you're using a book, a course, you're just practicing right? Just making sketchbook pages. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Like whatever it is, you may need to change your approach, but we still have that goal in mind. So understanding that from a directional point of view is the most important thing. The other thing is if you have these as goals and it's a visual goal and it's very specific to what you're doing, it's a lot easier to track your progress. As you get better, as you do more images, just check the stuff you've been doing against that goal, that visual representation of where you want to go. Again, this could be a proper influence map, collection of folders. It could be an album on your phone that you're just snapping different random things. Could be a Pinterest board, whatever works for you. All right. When it comes to speed, the thing here that we're often talking about is productivity. And I think one of the things you can really work on is building an artistic ritual, a habit around this, a way to actually make it happen. So much of this is just persistence, keeping on it, and a lot of this is, you know, having the sense to, as I said, pivot and adjust when you feel like your approach is maybe wrong, but sticking to a measurable outcome, a measurable set of goals that actually are about what you do, because you can know where you're going. You can say, hey, I'm headed in this direction. But the question is like, what do you do? Like, what do you actually do? What's the first step? Because it's not like you can just learn anatomy. There's a first step. There's a first drawing you do. What do you do? What do you do for the first month? A little bit of structure here will go a long way. Now, this is not necessarily visual. This is a matter of thinking about what type of outcome or measurable goal, measurable effect, measurable product that you put out is going to be suited to you to your particular goal. So the typical ways that I kind of define this is to think about whether you're doing a quantity of things or you're doing a quantity of time. This is the best way to explain it. Because often people sit down, they're like, okay, I'm going to work on my sketchbook, but I'm not sure what to do. And I'm like, well, just sit down and draw some stuff. And they're like, well, 
when do I, and I'm like, well, just do it for a particular amount of time. And then what you'll do is you can just kind of figure out what you're going to do later. Just sit down for a half an hour with your sketchbook and like, just do crosshatch, just mess around. And then what you're doing is you're building the habit, you're starting on it. And over time, you kind of figure out how to try different things with it, to experiment. So having a little bit of uh, structure there where you know what you're trying to output, or it could be, hey, look, I don't want to have to be stuck to like sitting down at a particular time. Maybe your life doesn't work that way, but you can say, I'm going to fill up five sketchbook pages per day, five sketchbook pages per week, per month, whatever it is, it's totally up to you. Whatever's manageable and realistic and is going to build um, a repeatable artistic ritual and habit. But make sure it's defined as a, as a quantity or a quality because often what's important is that we separate ourselves from getting too attached to the quality of the work, especially early on, if you know the quality can't get where you want it. And often it is a matter of just putting up with the the fact that you're not as good as you want to be early on, but you're putting in the work. So feeling good that you've succeeded at either just filling up a sketchbook, creating a finished image, right? You could sort of say, I'm going to create one finished image in a three hour period of time. It's like, well, it might not be good in the beginning. Like, yeah. Okay. But you did it. It was a mess. It was a hot mess, but you did it. Therefore you succeeded. So it's a matter of finding a measurable way that you can define success for you. And I think really until you're up into that point where you're building these habits and really sort of making this work, there's no point in going further and trying to say, and now I'm going to try and create some perfect final product. But if you were, again, it's a matter of breaking this down and chunking this down a little bit. You know, if I was learning watercolor, probably I'd say, I've got a year, I'm going to see how far I get, right? There's no real pressure on me, but I'm going to say the first three months, I'm just going to play around with the tools. I'm going to see if I can get used to it, just mess around. Then maybe after that, I would really try and say for then three months after that, I'm going to build a process. I'm going to try and figure out how I'm actually going to make this happen. Then after that, I'd say, now I'm going to build that process into my ability to actually plan and create an illustration. And in the last three months of the year, I might say, all I'm going to do is try and get one good illustration out of that particular time. And you may have some false starts or whatever, but that's the goal. Again, it's not a perfect plan, but it is a plan. And it'll get us started and it'll take that pressure off thinking, oh, I've got to, you know, jump in there day one. And if I don't create some amazing illustration, then it's all over and I should sort of give up. Some structure, some set of expectation, a way for ourselves to manage expectation and measure our progress, measure our success is really important. And that way you can look at the increase in quality because we're also at that point controlling our variables. If you know you're just sitting down for half an hour and you're creating a little whatever, you know, you're learning a 3D program for half an hour a day, an hour a day. What you can see is that over time, if you look at, you know, your output, maybe take a screenshot of what you did every day, you see that, you know, it'll get better and better and better. And this is where you can track your progress. And later on next year, you can review this and see what actually happened. Did you actually get better? And it's often only when you look back at your progress that you see that you have made progress or what type of progress you have made. So again, just to recap this, the fundamental thing you want to do is define what your output is. It has to be a measurable, palpable set of goals. I'm going to do X amount of stuff. I'm going to spend X amount of time. If you're really beginning and you're struggling with this idea of dealing with the 
the failure that often happens when we're trying new things, I think time is the best one. You just sit down, you, you've got a ritualistic set of time that you're setting aside. You sit down, you try and practice this thing, you do your anatomy sketches. Maybe it goes horribly wrong. You get up and you're like, look, this didn't go well, but at least I tried. I'm going to progress on. Tomorrow is a new day and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. And again, for the first few months, you're just playing around and then you might say, look, and then I'm going to do one month of arms, one month of legs, one, whatever it is. You just have some structure that gives you an expectation of like what you should be producing now and what success might mean right now. Once you also get a feeling for how much you're doing, that's where you can see, look, maybe I need to spend an hour instead of half an hour or two hours instead of one hour. Like you, you get a feeling for how quickly you are learning anatomy, how this is actually functioning. And if you track your progress, then you can sort of work on the speed. You can also then try and work on your general productivity. Are you spending all of that time when you're meant to be learning anatomy also watching a TV show or something like that? Are you in the gray zone? Are you distracted? Are you warmed up before it? What can you do to kind of get in the flow? You might find doing five minutes of like, you know, little sort of warm-up sketches helps you get in the flow. There's a million things you can do to really define this, but a lot of progress and speed is just a matter of continually turning up and building this into a habit so that over time you just get better a little bit at a time. It's also important to understand at this phase that as I said, you are going to pivot, you're going to adjust the things that you're doing, you're going to change your approach, and that's fine. You may find that, look, it's better to say, hey, you know, it doesn't really work for me to sit down for half an hour a day, I'm just going to do X number of sketchbook pages per week, or I'm going to try and fill up a sketchbook page a month, or whatever it is. The thing that will help you improve the most is generally doing a little bit each day, I think, because you maximize the sleep which uh, is, is really where you learn all of these physical skills. The neurological adaptation for you know how you, you move watercolor around a page is going to happen when you're sleeping mostly. So the more you maximize practicing a little bit, sleeping a little bit, probably you're going to get better that way the most. But everyone's unique. Not everyone has that schedule. So it's really just a matter of how can you get the most done while still enjoying it. All right, let's do some simple takeaways so that we can kind of sum up a lot of this information and processes. The first thing that I often like to talk about is an analytical takeaway. And really, I think the fundamental thing when it comes to setting goals is to get good at balancing the sort of structure that you might need to actually achieve something over a long period of time and manage your energy and track your progress, all of these things that I think are really important with the fact that we are harnessing artistic energy, which is fickle which is a little bit, you know, all over the joint. And I think as long as you sort of understand there is this sort of interplay between these two things and you figure out how this works for you, what type of artist are you? Which do you need more of? Do you need more structure or do you need more crazy art? Some people are really good at the structure and they, they, they struggle to find a way to access their artistic self. Other people are crazy artists and the idea of planning anything is just, it's like they have an allergic reaction to it, right? So figure out where you are and sort of which balance of these things you need. I think the more you can do that, the better. The second thing here is to appreciate goal setting visually and how important it is for you to just look at images and look at the images you have created images you've made, images you want to make, you know, where your artistic goals are, right? Like just looking at these things, just setting back, setting time for yourself to look at these things. 
this will process in your mind. This is work. This is actual stuff that's important. Just because people value reading a book with words doesn't mean that there's any more value to that for what we do as a career or as a hobby. And we take it really seriously when it comes to just reading a book with pictures. These, this is still information. It's incredibly nuanced in the way you combine things. You, you have one image here, one image here, right? One image, second image, and you have a third image. Just the way, the, the combination of how you show two images together and think about what the implications of that are versus another combination of those two images together, those three images together, drastically changes the meaning and the visual language that is created if you combine different visual aesthetics. So just thinking about these things, looking visually, recording visual thoughts, incredibly, incredibly important. Don't let anyone sort of dissuade you or think that like, or you're just looking at art books again, right? Like this is real work. If you want a really quick bro level takeaway, it's just important to understand that this is the most basic form of goal setting. You need to know where you're going. You need to know where you are in relation to that goal. And then you need to have some way of tracking your progress, your speed. How fast are you actually going to get towards that destination? It's not that complicated, but often we get lost in the middle. And I think that's where things become tricky, where you kind of forget where you're actually going. And yeah, it's surprise, surprise, it doesn't really work. All right, so practical takeaway. Let's just see if we can go through this simple process to make sure that we have a good understanding of how this might work and, and the different elements that we need. Firstly, I think you need a couple of core elements to kind of get you started. I think you need a general influence map that defines where you want to go with all of your art. It's really important to always have this lying around. This is what we're going to reference. The second thing is that you probably have a general direction or a couple of general directions that you want your life and art to go. Do you want to get a job? Do you want to get published? Do you want to do more personal work? Do you want to develop your own stories, your own worlds? What do you want to do? right? Do you want to become an art director? Whatever it is, there's often a thing, a major thing where we're moving towards that thing. And I think you either need to find the top things that you're thinking about or how, and, and basically turn them into one. You really need one thing that is the primary thing that you're actually working on. That's so important. So let's kind of get that and the next thing is you often have these little creative impulses. Oh, I want to learn this. I want to learn anatomy. I want to learn 3D. I want to learn this particular program. I want to learn that. I want to learn, uh, you know, how uh, to do cave painting, right? Um, you want to learn sculpture. People want to take up pottery. There's all these little things people have where it's like, oh, that sounds, that would be, that would be fun. That would be creative. I would enjoy that. It's important to take all those impulses and really look at which ones are the things that are actually going to be worth pursuing right now. You may be in a part of your life where pottery is where it's at, right? You've got everything else sorted. Um, you just want to try that thing. Maybe this will help you understand creativity a little bit better. Whatever it is, is fine. But I think for a lot of us, we're often dealing with much more do or die stakes. You need to get a particular level of quality to your art so you can get a job, so you can create, you know, the hobby style art that you want. You're really trying to achieve something and it's a little bit more um, immediate than that. So think about which of the things that are honestly going to allow you to achieve you that sort of general artistic direction the most. And again, find that Venn diagram overlap of those things, because that's really the thing that you're going to work on. The next step is to actually define visual goals for that thing. 
again, if you were trying to create pottery, you would find some a mood board of pottery that you really like to do. If you're trying to improve anatomy, find good examples of artists who are doing anatomy in the way that you want. Um, another sort of example, you want to improve your color theory and get better at using bold, impactful color schemes. Maybe you've been sort of a bit middling and gray and muddly, and you want to really figure out how to, you know, use like bright cyan, bright yellow, and, uh, you know, find a collection of images of people who are doing that really well, images that really exemplify that working well, and have that as your guiding light visually. Once you do that, it's really a matter of thinking about, okay, I just need a rough plan that's going to allow me to focus on the first steps. Really, the plan is there to help you focus on what you're doing right now. And this could just be a matter of saying, I'm going to break up the next year, the next three months, the next six months, whatever it is, and just think about like, look, what's what's a good first step? What's the thing that I should be doing now? Open that 3D program, figure out how to mush together a face, right? That's step one, or just figure out the interface. Um, there's always a step one, right? How do I do something basic in this? Um, you know, how do I mix watercolors? These are simple things that are going to be at the beginning and just that's what you focus on. The last thing is to really think about what is the actual output? Because with art, often we're practicing, there's going to be many rubbishy little pots, right? Uh, if you're taking up pottery, there's going to be many bad watercolors. There's going to be very, very many bad anatomy drawings. So we can't really say, I've succeeded or failed because, you know, this thing's good or bad. You'll be there for a while. And if you're a real artist, you'll probably be there forever because we can always improve these things. So think about either a quantity or a time-based sort of quantity. I'm going to spend this much time each day, each week, whatever it is, doing your particular thing. Or you're going to output a certain number of sketch pages of, um, you know, sort of bad 3D models. Or you're just going to, again, say, you know, I'm just going to work on learning this 3D program for half an hour every day, right? You do it. You've done it. You've succeeded. It's all good. And really, that's all we need to do. That's like a simple framework for setting goals and making them achievable. And obviously, you'll need to pivot. You'll change. But as you adjust things, keep in mind that visual goal you've got for the particular thing you're trying to do, your visual anatomy goal. You might change the techniques, the process, the way you're going about it, the things that work and don't work. That's fine. But keep that in mind because that's the thing that will actually guide you and you'll be able to track your progress over time. All right. Lastly, if we look at a simple philosophical spiritual takeaway, the important thing here and this is something that I keep mentioning, but I think it is so, so important, is that even though it is antithetical to the artistic ideal to be a planner, and we sort of do want to in, enhance the creative aspects um, of ourselves as artists, I think, ironically, one of the best ways I've found and I've seen with students to do that is to give a little bit of structure. Creativity often responds well and works well within constraint, within structure. You set some boundaries and then you think about how you can break them. You set some structure and then it allows you to focus on what you're actually doing to be more creative when you're in the actual act of making things and less worrying about, often this is why the artistic block happens, am I going in the right direction? Is this working for me? What am I doing? Who am I, right? These are the thoughts you do not want to intrude on you sitting there and doing the work and figuring out 
how to make that, you know, pot, how to make that little clay cup, how to get the watercolor to work, how much watercolor goes on there, how do you, what paper do you use, um, you know, how do you draw a bicep, a tricep, how does this connect to that, how does the shoulder blade, you know, connect to the back, you know, all these little things you're trying to figure out. You just need to focus on those things. This is how it will happen just blissful focus. And I think often artists are quite good at that. Good artists are often quite good at naturally just doing it. What they often don't have is a good ability to kind of direct that focus that they have at a bigger goal. So they often just get good at weird things, um, which again can be good, but the more I think you can direct it, the better I think overall your career and, and sort of everything you're going to do is going to be. Ironically, I think with a lot of these things, this is the case is the more structure you have, um, maybe not the more, but if you have a good level of structure, then you're going to have a really good level of creativity and freedom and artistic expression as well. The same thing goes for your goals. The more you really figure out where you're going to go, the easier it is for you to focus on what you're doing right now, the image that you're creating, how good it is what the story is, what the emotion is, all the little brush strokes, because you know, look, it's going in roughly the right direction. Anyway, I think that's all we got time for on this particular episode. Let me know what you thought of this one, whether this helps you frame up the idea of how to set goals or inspires you to, you know, maybe think of some different goals. One of the most important things here that I think is really hard is that often we do need to control those creative impulses as artists if we want to further our career or get somewhere artistically in a particular amount of time. You do have to be kind of restrained with it, which can, again, seem frustrating if you just want to kind of bounce around and try out a whole bunch of stuff. Students struggle with this a huge amount. They're like, I want to do everything. I'm doing everything. And I think that's just one of the biggest challenges. You've got to figure out what you're going to do and, and what's actually going to make you passionate. But I really figure out, I really think that if you do figure out your primary goals, that there's a lot of depth there and you do actually get to play around and try a whole bunch of different things when you get really deep with a particular skill. Um, and, you know, you don't necessarily always have this kind of fear of like missing out if you don't learn this technique or this tool or this other thing. I think that's always going to pervade us. I feel that today, right? Again, I said, I, I, there's a million things I'd like to learn, million things I'd like to do. I never feel like, you know, the thing that I'm doing is necessarily the most important until I step back and really look at it and appreciate what is actually important about my life and what I want to do artistically. Anyway, I digress. That's all I got now for this one. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Hopefully um, you can get some good goals out of this and this can propel you in a good direction going forward. And I will have some follow-up episodes going forward talking about the nitty-gritty of how we actually sort of get that last bit done. The productivity, the ritual, what to do when you do sit down, deal with all those challenges. I think that is really one of the biggest things you need to deal with as well. So more on that going forward. Other than that, we'll catch you around in the next one.